Welcome to the Energy Works Radio Show. This is Tanya Ormsby, and I think a lot of a lot of times it comes down to our fear of success. You know, often we worry about failing, but I think we worry more about succeeding. So uh, I remember going as a practitioner to a conference called Net Success (NET) is Neuro Emotional Technique, and it was like a heal the healers. And uh, uh, we had to go and stand up in front of the crowd and everyone had to clap us and someone would muscle test us while, while, while they were clapping. And then they had to, you know, boo or hiss at us and then they'd muscle test us. And so it was quite interesting to see, you know, who could cope with applause and approval and who could not. Now, as for myself, I was fine with the booing and the hissing but I wasn't fine with the clapping. And so, of course, that, that had to be worked on. And I think this is how we are in life. You know, we're almost um, okay with things going bad, you know, and we're almost more comfortable with that. And so then when things work and are successful, it sets up a whole new chain of fears, you know, well, what will I do? You know, and people mightn't approve of me or people mightn't like me if I'm doing better than them and, you know, I might show other people up and all these negative things start to go through our head. And it, it's like it's really a battle that's fought and won in totally and solely in your head. And so it's like learning to um, fight the battle in your head before before you've got to where you want to get and how are you going to cope with that and, you know, what your, what your strategies are going to be. So I think... You know, first of all, being clear on what you want and being clear on how your life is going to look and being clear on what steps you're going to take to get there. And also, I think you have to have in play um, the stress relief along the way. You know, what what things am I going to do when the pressure's on? You know, who am I going to talk to? You know, what exercise am I going to do? You know, what what breaks do I have? And so, and just on that light, I um, go and have a regular massage which is a, another thing that you can do to help yourself too because I often feel like oh, I'm not worthy of that or you know I haven't worked hard enough and it's all the rubbish that goes through your head so I find when I do this that I you know not only does she work on my body but she works on my head too and the things that are trapped in my body and so like ironing out those things helps you address what's going on at the moment because often your body is the sounding board for what's happening and the pains and the aches and the dysfunctions that we have are really messages uh, from your spirit saying, well, you know, hey, you're not okay with this bit or you're not okay with that bit. And it's it's a good way to um, keep in touch with what's really happening inside you and what you're really feeling. And so sometimes when uh, she would work on my body, it it may be like, oh, well, she'll say, give that, give that part of your body a voice. And so some little thing will pop in my head and it might be, you know, age 20 or it might be age four or whatever. And then it's like, you know, what the person at that time needed to say and, you know, giving a voice to that person. And so it's interesting to see who's talking to you and which age of you needs some attention. And I think as we address these ages that need attention, you know, it's how we need to meet our needs now. And it's like the way that we stopped meeting our needs back then, we're still doing. And uh, so uh, I'll give 
I'll give an example from my life and then. So when I was age uh, 20, my parents had just divorced and um, it, it was a bit tricky because there were five children, three younger ones and two older ones, and where my mum moved, there was only room for three. And so it was kind of a good thing in a way because we were supposed to choose who we were going to live with. And so when um, Mum moved somewhere there were, where there was not room for my brother, the next one down and me, uh, it kind of took the pressure off that we could just say, oh, well, we're staying with Dad. But there were times when, um, you know, Dad would get angry with us and he would say, oh, you know, you're just like your mother. And that would be infuriating to me. And there were times too where, um, you know, not having a mother in the home anymore, no one was cooking, no one was cleaning, you know, no one was doing the things that a mother would normally do. And, you know, at first we all refused and then in the end I succumbed and helped. And so there began the pattern that, you know, well, I, I, I have to do it, no one else is going to do it. And I have thought like that all my life, that, that you know, you you have to do it, no one else will do it. And it's almost like I don't expect help, um, I just have to get stuck in and do things myself. And so that's not a good pattern to set up because then you don't allow people to help you and you don't ask for help and you don't feel worthy of help. So... You know, these patterns that we have when, from when we're young are really the problem. And we think, oh, you know, that happened then. What, what does that have to do with me? But it's the decisions we made and the, the thinking that came into play from that time that is really what comes into play here. And so it's identifying the times in your life where you were stuck and, you know, where you, you made these choices and conclusions that you've lived your life by. And so I think there that's where it's very important to do energy work in your lifetime to see what needs to be cleared up. And also some of the things are actually generational patterns, you know, pat, patterns of servitude or patterns of not believing in yourself or patterns of um, self-betrayal. All these are set up in our families and in our lifetime. And so I'll clear what I can clear today and whatever comes up. If you feel that you need more help than that, you know, either um, contact me or contact an energy worker. If you're in the um, Energy Works Facebook group, um, there are lots of energy workers there that, you know, would love to help. And, you know, even if you want to generally ask there or you want to personal message someone or, you know, even if you approach any of those ones and ask them if they're wanting to do a session. I think it's a very valuable thing to do because you really identify for yourself where the patterning begins. And for some people, the patterning begins in utero, especially if you had a vanished twin. So a vanished twin is where while you're in your mum's belly, um, there were two or more, and something goes wrong and one or more don't survive. And, of course, if you're with someone that's not feeling well and you can see them going down, so to speak, you are well aware of what's wrong and feeling this incapacity to fix the problem and this incapacity leads to uh, leads to feeling worthless and leads to feeling that you're unable to fix problems and also um, is a kind of rejection. So then you're feeling always that you're going to be rejected. 
And so these patterns can be set up, you know, in utero, in your childhood, in your early 20s, you know, depending on the experiences that you have. And, uh, you know, rejection is a hard thing to deal with. Uh, you know, many people don't deal well with re- rejection and they, uh, you know, you, there can be the feeling of always having to prove yourself or having to prove your worth. And then there starts the workaholic pattern, you know, having to work hard, life's not easy. All these patterns are set into play by our, our experience, our experiences. And so it's learning to untangle, um, you know, the past experiences and the things that have become our creed or our way of living um, and helping to sort of rewrite our story and to, um, you know, have a different story in our head or a new story, a replacement story for the old story that's um, a bit worn out and tired and not serving us well. So I think it's important, you know, to be able to be clear on on where you're stuck and where your thinking has been sabotaged. And, you know, sometimes it's just by ourselves and sometimes it's by our life experience. And also, um, I think it comes down to self-belief as well, that believing the thing that you want to do is worthwhile. Believing what's in your heart is really, you know, divinely guided and that you need to protect your heart and protect in a healthy way, um, protect, you know, your purpose and to be focused on what your purpose really is and to be able to move forward on accomplishing all that you, all that you want to. And I know even for myself that when things go wrong, uh, there are these patterns or these, um, you know, ways already in our heads that come into play where we think, oh, you know, oh, it's me, I'm not supposed to do it or I'm not worthwhile, uh, you know, or my ones are, oh, you're a failure. So, and, uh, you know, I, for the most part, I know I'm not a failure. I've tried lots of things, but there are some times where I feel like, well, it wasn't good enough or I didn't do it right or this could be better or, you know, the glass is half full, not seeing that the glass is half full, only seeing that the glass is half empty and always looking at life in terms of lack and loss and, and, you know, what's not going right. So, like, learning then to look at what's good, learning to appreciate that there will be um, difficulties along the way and learning to see the difficulties as lessons and, you know, learning learning points or stepping stones rather than seeing these things as our failure is, is the training that we have to keep doing. And, you know, uh, making a mistake is not the end. Uh, even if you make a very large mistake, you know, it's not the end and it's, well, what was I supposed to learn from this? Um, how can I rethink this? How can I reword it? How can I, you know, I, I won't make this mistake again. You know, how will I do things differently? And, you know, constantly seeing um, our life as the opportunity to make change and to learn and to grow and never seeing the one the mistakes that we make as a failure or it's not that it's not worthwhile to do. All right, so just to clear a little bit of energy around this. Uh I no longer need to self sabotage. Uh believing my purpose is worthwhile. Uh God supports me in my purpose. Uh my family support me in my purpose. I allow myself to be supported. I'm worthy of support. Uh, it's safe to be supported. 
All right, so there's some generational stuff hiding here on Dad's side. Um, the feeling of being galled. And sometimes that being galled is towards others and sometimes it's towards ourselves. And in this case, it's towards ourselves. And this total anger that we have at ourselves. And if you think about that being galled, um, all these little bits of anger that we have to our, towards ourselves, um, we're storing them in our body. And, you know, if we do this for long enough, we can make ourselves some nice gallstones. Or, you know, we can make this anger or this um, self-hatred, it becomes lodged in our body. And um, our body won't function while we're raining hate upon it. And, it, you know, we're getting angry with our body and angry about the things that our body's telling us. But really, we're not listening to our own spirit and what what we need to you know, what we really need to do and what we need to follow and, you know, loving ourselves along the road, even through the bumpy and rocky bits, even if we fall flat in our face, we still need to love ourselves and to trust that we're doing the right thing. And all the mistakes we made are often necessary mistakes to really grasp, you know, the importance of what we're doing and to understand that we are worth um, getting up after and putting the effort into ourselves, no matter how many crazy mistakes we make, there are never too many to give up. So let's say I love myself even through my mistakes. Uh, success is safe. If I say I'm okay with failure, that's really strong. So we're all fine with failure, <laughs> which is a funny thing, isn't it? <laughs> we're not okay. We're not all okay with success, though. We kind of have to laugh at ourselves, don't we, about what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. And this goes back to Dad's dad and this vulnerability. So in Australia, we have what we call the tall poppy syndrome. And it's like when someone starts to be taller than us, we want to chop them down and bring them back down to size, which is an awful thing, an awful thing to do. And um, I attended one of Carolyn Cooper's seminars and she did a, a clearing for the whole of Australia on this tall poppy syndrome. And I, I think it's really important that we actually support people in being successful because there's no limit to success. It's like we talk about the river of prosperity, you know. Some people go to the river of prosperity with a thimble, some people go to the bucket, and some people go to the Mack truck, and all the people with thimbles and buckets are looking at the people with Mack trucks and going, oh, look at you, well, you're taking too much, you know, why, why are you doing this? But really, there's a whole river. The river's not going to run dry. There's plenty. And so, you know, believing that there's plenty and believing that we can go and take our Mack truck to the, to the river is important. And I think if we want to say the same for success, if we want to say the river of success too, there, there's opportunity for all to succeed in different areas of life. You know, you want to have your own tribe that follow you and they want to hear your voice and they want to know what you know and they want to hear, your, hear what you have to say and how you live your life. Well, you know, do you want the whole world in your, in your tribe? No. Imagine having to deal with that many people. You couldn't do it. You just want your people that love you and get you and the people that you're supposed to help. And, you know, that may only be a 100 people or maybe a 1,000 people or a few thousand. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge tribe that's unmanageable. It just needs to be the amount, the people that you... Uh, were that you need to do 
you know, that you need to lead, you know, just lead your lot. And, you know, if you think about it that way, you'll find the people that need to hear you and need to speak to you. And, you know, we want you to be who you're supposed to be because we all need you to be who you are and not something else and not, you know, I want to be this person or that person. Yes, you might like some traits that other people have and yes, you might want to emulate some of those traits, but you don't want to be them. They have problems too. You want to be you. You know your problems. You can deal with your problems and you can be the success that you're supposed to be. All right, now underneath all this self-sabotage is a generational problem on Dad's side and Dad's mum. And also there's a timeline problem hidden here, age 10, age 31. So chakra 2 is hiding in here too, balancing money, sex and power. And hiding under that's age 7. Now first chakra... And let's put in there, I believe in myself 100%. And so if I ask how many percent we believe in ourselves, it's about 40. <laughs> so let's do a little bit of work around that so we can have a bit more self-belief. So age 5, age 16, 19, 21, Okay, so just clearing that little part there, that's brought us up to about 70%. So you can see the experiences that we have in our lifetime really affect how, what, how we believe in ourselves and how we see ourselves. And you know what? We got it wrong. And that's okay. Life is a book that we write. It's not already written. Now, six chakra comes up here now. This is the brow chakra. And also the aura and hooks. So sometimes people can latch onto us in an unhealthy way. They use our energy and we let them. We may not realize we're letting them, but we do let them. And so it's important to, um, you know, have, have strong, healthy boundaries that we don't let people into our castle to come and trash the place, that we allow the people that um, are in our lives to only come in when we want them to come in and to know the people that we're letting in are trustworthy and that they are not going to trash the place. And the people that trash the place, we go and meet them in a safe spot or we can, you know, talk over the ramparts of the castle and, you know, throw a care package over or encourage without having to let people into our castle to trash. And this underneath these boundary issues is another generational problem on Dad's dad's side. So that goes back to Chakra 6 again. Chakra 6 is about like more around this part of your head, around your eyes and your upper, not right on top of your head, around your eyes and ears and that level of your head. So the pituitary gland can come into play here. Now the pituitary gland is probably the second in charge. The, um, the hypothalamus is, is the, the number one, the CEO. And the pituitary gland is involved in, um, you know, hormonal balance and fluid balance too. So generational problem on dad's side. And what comes up here is the need to prevent bad things happening. And often we have this, you know, this intuition and what we're supposed to do and we really know it. But what comes into play is like, oh, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? You know, what if I make this terrible boo-boo that I might make? 
So we can use this for good and for bad, you know. Maybe we can use it as, well, I've, you know, if, if this would happen, I have something in play. But if we dwell all the time on the bad things that could happen, we're almost going to bring that to pass. It becomes self-fulfilling prophecy if we allow that to happen. Okay, so still a bit more on six chakra. So we're going to um, add in some German chamomile, uh, the vibration of that to um, help our intuition. Um, I'm aware in every moment. And I think that's an important thing to consider because sometimes we get lost in our child and the things that happened in the past and how we're going to prevent that happening. And especially when certain circumstances, ha certain circumstances happen where it triggers, you know, the the feelings from our childhood and, the, you know, the panic and the, you know, the awful feelings that come with our past experience. And so when we have these feelings, we're almost dragged instantly to being a child and we feel and act like this child that we were when we were younger and when we had the problem. And so it's like learning to um, unlearn the ways that we think. And so if we're aware in every moment and, you know, especially if you've done some work and you can understand where the things come from in the past, you can say, oh, yeah, that's the 20-year-old talking or, you know, that's the 4-year-old talking. And, you know, maybe the 4-year-old needs me to sit and listen for a bit or maybe she just needs to be acknowledged. And, you know, being aware in every moment of, you know, when we're being dragged into the past or when we're worrying about the future and we're forgetting to be now. And, you know... Our whole life is made up of a bunch of nows. Were we there for the nows or were we somewhere else? And, you know, I know I can do that myself. I can be, someone can be talking to me and I'm, list, I'm half listening and saying yes, but am I fully concentrating on what's happening at the moment? No. So being aware in every moment and trying to be present and to be with the people that you're with and even to be with yourself when you need to be with yourself and focusing on the things that you need to work on is an important part of avoiding the self-sabotage. Uh, I easily see the truth. My brain organises and repairs itself each night while I sleep. And I think this is like, for me, this is a pattern from the past too. Uh, not wanting to go to bed at night and not wanting to, um, you know, give myself rest, not feeling I can go to bed until I've done everything. And that is a very unhealthy pattern because when we don't sleep, our brain does not get to repair and and reframe the day. Like every, all our experiences are, are sorted at night and put into the right part of our brain. And also our brain, um, the cells shrink at night and all the um, cerebrospinal fluid flushes through your brain clears out the toxins, cleans your brain. And so we need that to happen at night. But, you know, when we don't get enough sleep, then we're not doing that enough and our brain can be a bit clogged or, you know, a bit toxic. And so it's important to allow ourselves that sleep. And I think, uh, you know, trying to get in the habit, and I need to do this myself, of allowing yourself to, you know, either pray before you go to bed and to, you know, think about what it is that you want. And the best time to talk to your unconscious mind is just before you go to sleep and to put your order in, so to speak. And, um, you know, to talk to yourself about, you know, how you would like your life to be. And the more that you can, you know, express what you want, the more that your unconscious mind looks for lateral thinking ways to get there. But you have to have that time and put that effort into yourself for that to come to pass.
And it's so interesting about this repair thing too. Until the until you take your last breath, your body continually is trying to repair, never stops. And so we need to apply that to ourselves too. You know, even in our life when things can feel broken or we know we have self sabotage, we never stop repairing. We never stop learning. We never stop growing. All right. So I believe in myself is up to. 100% now. So we're doing better. We are believing in ourselves more. Um, there's a little bit deeper root there though. Timeline again. Uh, birth. And also gene problems on mum's side. Mum's dad. And goes back to his dad. And the feeling of crying. Now it can be like boohoo crying, but it's more likely to be... A so frustrated you could cry. That's more likely to be um, the feeling. And, you know, we can we, we can get very frustrated. Um, there's a little bit more gene problems hiding under this frustration on Dad's side. And so there's some feeling stuff there in our genes that we've inherited from our dad. And it's a feeling of being bewildered. And sometimes we can feel like that, you know, I, I can't exactly see where I want to go. I don't know and, you know, I have no idea of what's in my heart. And, you know, if you're stuck like that, you really need to get some energy cleared around that. There was one lady that I was working on and she was very unclear. And the more that we cleared her energy, she was like, oh, well, actually, yes, now I think I want to do this. Oh, you know, where would that, you know, how would that look? Oh, I don't know. And then we clear some more energy and like, oh, well, actually, I think it should you know, I'd like to be here and I'd like to live there. And, you know, and the more that we cleared the, the blockages in her energy system, the more clearly she could see what she wanted and be okay with it. So it's all in there. It's just being able to have access. So it's like the windscreen is dirty and we need to clean the windscreen to be able to see clearly where we're going to go. And there's still some stuck feelings here from Dad. Uh, the feeling of being overlooked. And the feeling of being queen-like. You know, sometimes we're looking down on other people or, we, you know, seeing that other people should do it differently. And, um, you know, and, and you're probably right, but we have to give people the opportunity to learn and grow in their own time, just like we want people to do to us. We want people to be kind with us as we're learning and making boo-boos. Uh, so there's also the feeling of being offended. And... Uh, being offended is always a choice. You know, some people are offensive, but we don't have to let them offend us. We can let them do their offensive thing all by themselves and walk away. Sometimes it's, if it's in a family, it's a bit hard to walk away. But, you know, always expressing how their behavior is offensive and that you don't like it when they do that is important so that they know when they're doing it that they are being rude on purpose and that they can see that they're being a little bit childish and, you know, having a tantrum, so to speak. And a little bit more gene stuff here from Dad's dad. Okay, so Dad himself. Uh, the feeling of being confused is hiding in the genes here. Okay, now back in someone's lifetime, and that's age 16. And a bit more gene stuff. Dad again. And some of Mum's stuff. All right. So let's say I'm ready to stop self-sabotage. I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to make the effort. I'm ready to be who I'm supposed to be. I'm ready to be a success. I'm, it's safe to be supported. I'm worthy of support. I allow myself to be supported. My family supports me in my purpose. God supports me in my purpose. My purpose is worthwhile. They're all strong now. 
So that's wonderful. And uh, I hope that that helps you to, uh, you know, look at your patterning and see where you're self-sabotaging, where it comes from, and so that you can address that aged person that it was who's bringing up these things and help that aged person within you be the mother to them or the father to them and, you know, um, tell them what they need to hear and, you know, supply that to yourself now. So just as a little example, a little bit over time, um, uh, some of it came up from when I was 20. So at that age, I um, was, you know, at uh, uni, I did a science degree and then I did chiropractic. And um, during that time, I had four part-time jobs, so there was not much sleep. And so this pattern has been set up, you know, you can't go to sleep, you have more to do. And, you know, you can't go to bed until you've done whatever. And so this patterning is my 20-year-old talking. And sometimes a 20-year-old needs to just go and have some fun. And so for me, I I have to, like, engineer time to have some fun because if, if I'm left to my own devices, there is no fun and I keep working. And that, you know, what's that old saying? All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Well, I don't want to be dull. I want to have some fun. And I think um, each of us need to address this and need to be able to, um, you know, to reconfigure our life so that we are actually enjoying what we do and that we're having fun along the way of the journey and that we don't have to wait till we've achieved, you know, 100% success before we enjoy ourselves. We need to enjoy ourselves along the way. Anyway, on that note, um, I wish you a wonderful day and, you know, be aware in every moment and be aware of who you are and the wonderful influence that you are having. Look at the good and, um, you know, keep keep stepping up, keep stepping on your past values for the next step up to who you're supposed to be. All right. So anyway, all the best. I hope you have a great day.